1: Welcome back, Better Red Nation, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my co-host, since he don't don't (laughs) want me to call him partner in crime, since we're not committing any kind of crimes, I'm saying we're committing crimes because we're killing it on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Boom! John, Some Sports Guy Hickman, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com You know what? I like that, Cody. You switched it up a little bit, but we came right back to the crime. And i tell you what, if I did the crime, I'm going to do the time. And right now we have time to talk to you about expectations. This has kind of been the theme the last couple of days with Deshaun Watson expects. Monday we talked about what J.J. Watt expects for his defense going into this year. And we're going to kind of continue that trend, but Let's look at the expectations for what Bill O'Brien has for David Johnson. Johnson, who is a former all-pro running back, had an amazing year not too long ago. You know, as recent memory serves us, been banged up, out with injury, and then had a spot taken by King and Drake, who was traded to Arizona last year. And we know that he's a talent, right? He was an all-pro one year. You don't get that just by not having some type of talent. We know how effective he can be in an offense that's suitable for him, which I think that's where he has found his home now here in Houston. Uh, He had an offense that was, you know, real centered around getting him the ball. On top of that, he was healthy. I think going into this year, those are the two question marks that we can kind of – he'll be going into an offense that's centered around, you know, utilizing his skill set, and now we have to see if he'll be healthy. Bill O'Brien – mentioned that they studied David when he was coming out of college doing his career in Arizona. He continued on by saying everybody has to go through their injuries and coaching changes, but you're also talking about a guy who was Arizona's Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's tough, he's smart, and a three-down back who can be used with Duke Johnson, and I like that he put the emphasis used with Duke Johnson. That means we will get a healthy dose of both of those guys. The confidence that Bill O'Brien has in David Johnson will that be enough to kind of win uh, over the fans, but more importantly, help Johnson's confidence. You know his morale, his morale and morality. If this was Madden, his morality coming into this year maybe at a fifty-five, depending on how he feels about himself after the last couple of years. The boost and energy that Bill O'Brien and his offense will provide for him, also playing with Duke Johnson, also playing with you know Deshaun Watson. What kind of form and expectations do we have for David Johnson this year?
1: Expectations-wise, first and foremost, let me just say, I'm not expecting David Johnson to come in and be the all-pro receiver he was in 2016. But at the same time, I, I am expecting David Johnson to come in and be that type of running back that Carlos Hyde was for us last season. Carlos Hyde had a really good year for us. He recorded his first 1,000 rushing yards of his career, and he was one of the reasons why this offense was one of the most dynamic offenses in the league in 2019. You take that away from this team, along with you-know-who we took away from this team. The Texans are in a position where they're going to need everybody on deck to make sure that they go out and keep that same chemistry that they had in 2019 on the offensive side of the ball into 2020. That's my ceiling for David Johnson, because I'm not too sure that Duke Johnson is the type of guy who's going to be able to be that type of player. And the only thing that concerns me about both of the Johnson brothers, I kind of feel like they are the same player. You know, you can put both of them in as a third down back. You could have them as another target for Deshaun Watson coming out of the backfield. You take a look at their play style, they are damn near the same person. But one of those guys is going to have to step up and be that running back who go who can go on first downs and second down. They're going to have to somebody's going to have to step up and be that primary running back option. That is why I'm 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 leaning towards david johnson to be that because first and foremost david he has had the opportunity to be a franchise running back even though it lasted for one or two seasons he knows what it takes to be a franchise running back and two john you basically said it i do believe that we're going to see a better version of david johnson in 2020 because sometimes all you need is a change of scenery and when he started to get hurt in 2017 2018 he was in a he he was basically in a position where the, the 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 fan base knew what he was capable of, the franchise knew what he was capable of, and he was failing them. Nobody has expectations for David Johnson right here in Houston. And I think that's where he's going to succeed at. I mean, what I just said about him replacing Carlos High, that might be the highest expectation anyone might be placing on David Johnson in 2020. And
0: here's an interesting thought. You mentioned that his expectations here in Houston are, you know, incredibly, I'm not going to say incredibly low, but relatively low considering the last couple of years. And by the way, his 2018 uh, season was pretty good. Actually rushed for 940 yards, seven touchdowns added um 446 yards receiving. Um, here's the thing about that. You're right. You are right. His expectations while he is here in Houston is not high after that big season that he had last year. And, not uh, not, the, not the 2019 season, but the 18 season. Those two seasons, we are not really expecting that, but that does not mean he can't duplicate that. I think the one area that I would like to see controlled for him is his usage. Put him in situations that is going to allow him to get going, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to end the game with more carries or more touches than uh, Duke Johnson because we know Duke can do A lot of things, his tool bag is pretty heavy on what he can do, and so is David, but allow that running back to get a feel. Allow him to feel like I am the man again and not have to do it with so many uh, plays in his direction or his usage numbers does not have to be as high. He can be a guy that rushes for 200 carries on a year, 150, 180, 200 carries on a year, and still give you about, 800 to 950 yards uh, rushing. You can tack on a couple of receiving, a couple hundred receiving yards, depending on what he's been doing. But his usage can be down. And I also think he'll be more effective with a healthy dosage of Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson does not have a lot of wear or tear on him. He has not been a primary running back before. He he has not averaged a lot of carries in his career over the course of the season in uh, Cleveland. Last year with Houston, So he's ready. I I think he's ready. I think he's primed and ready to handle a very good workload. And I think they can really split that workload and be a very dynamic one running back together. The two of them can be one big, great running back with this offense because of how versatile they are. I am excited to see what they can do. My expectations for David Johnson is not low. It's about a medium like if I'm if I'm searching for wings and what flavor I want this is about a medium a highball a mango habanero but I think he can turn it up a little bit depending on how Houston uses them I am really excited and interested to see what Tim Kelly does in this office One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend thirty, fifty, or even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG one four five six fuel pump assembly for a two thousand five through two thousand ten hundred Odyssey costs three hundred fifty three.
1: Yesterday, Whitney Merciless took time to speak with us reporters um, during his media availability on Tuesday. And John, Whitney Merciless seems very excited about this upcoming season. Of course, a little bit worried due to the COVID-19, like just about any person in the world right now. But one of the things that he talked about was how excited he was with the opportunity to play under Anthony Weaver. As we all know, Anthony Weaver was promoted to the defensive coordinator um for the 2020 season. And when he was asked about, you know, what's your expectation? What are your thoughts about playing under Weaver? Um uh, Whitney Mercy said he could he is he he could be he could not have been more excited. He talked about the defensive schemes that Weaver has put in that he cannot wait to get out on the field and try. He also talked about how much better this this defense may be may be due to Weaver and the defensive schemes that he put in. Now of course he's not gonna go He's not going to break down the defensive schemes that Weaver has put in. But it made me wonder something that I've really been concerned about when you when talking about a guy like Whitney Merciless, you know. Whitney Merciless, I believe, is one of, if not the biggest X factor for the Houston Texans in 2020. And I say that because when you take a look at this defense over the last couple of years, and particularly last year, last year was Merciless contract extension and John just like you 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 always like to say anytime a player is in a contract season they're going to ball out and that what Whitney Merciless did he recorded seven and a half sacks last season and he was by far one of the best defensive players on for the Houston Texans last year and but my my concern with, with Merciless started about the second half of the season because other than waiting for the season to be over, the Texans actually decided to hand him his extension in the middle of the season. And it seemed like after he signed that extension, the production for Merciless started to go down. And for you guys who would like to, like to know a little bit more of how bad his production went down, through the first seven weeks of the regular season in 2019, Whitney Merciless recorded five and a half sacks one of which he recorded two sacks in the Texans winning week two against the Jacksonville Jaguars. After the Texans handed him that extension, I believe it was either week eight or week nine of the regular season last year. I can't really remember. He only recorded two after that. And those two came second to the last game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I and I, I say all that because this year is going to be a very important year for Merciless because not only are you expected to be the guy that you was in the first half of 2019, but the team is going to have to depend on him a little bit more, given the fact that, of course, this is an offseason. Like we say every day, this is an off season where it's not going to be the traditional training camp. Yes, you have a young stud in Jonathan Gunnard who, by the way, came out and said that he has leaned heavily on Merciless, doing the virtual workouts and everything. But this guy is going to have to step up. Whatever he was doing the second half of 2019, he's going to have to leave it alone and get back to the player he was at the first part of 2019. We, we, we don't need the Whitney Merciless who went seven consecutive weeks without recording a sack. And his tackles number went down, by the way, as well. We need the Whitney Merciless who was recording five and a half sacks and 17 tackles in the first part of last season.
0: Well, I think ultimately what we need out of Whitney Merciless is to make sure that he has everybody else around him, right? You know, week eight on down from – from so basically from week one to week eight, he had J.J. Watt available. After that, he did not have J.J. Watt available, and he was utilized more. Um, he was asked to do more. He His expectations had raised. Ultimately so. He had just gave you your bag, which you deserved at that time. You had all those sacks. You had – you know multiple force fumbles. You had an interception. You did a very good job getting your tackles for loss, but we need we need you to do more because our main guy is down. So I think ultimately what merciless needs, which is what the entire off I'm sorry defense needs, is their anchor there. They need JJ Watt. Another thing is, hear me out. Not only do they need JJ Watt. They also need all of the other guys. There's a movie by Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg that I love. Hilarious movie called The Other Guys. Basically centered around, you know, the superstar cops, the, the cops that are what they call ball busters. You know, those, you know, I'm busting your balls here. And then you have the other guys. And essentially the other guys are the lookaways. We're not really paying that much attention to you. But at the end of the movie, they solve a, a very big Case, And I'm using that analogy because the Charles Omenehu, the Ross Blacklocks, the Jonathan Knorr, the Duke Ejiofor, you know, everybody, Jonathan, Mark, Jacob Martin, rather, I'm sorry. Uh, everybody is going to have to play their role. And I think if they do that, this team has versatility. I think this defense is versatile. I think they can hit you uh, many different ways. I think in order to have that showcase, everybody has to be available. But with Whitney Merciless and my expectations for him, I just think he needs everybody around him. And that's not bad. Every championship defense, every championship team has guys that buy in and they succeed and they do it well because
1: everybody else is around them contributing. Houston needs that desperately. I hear you. But at the same time, this isn't it. I don't want to make it seem like. Merciless was in a, was was on an island by himself because he still had DJ Reader, he still had Zach Cunningham, Jacob Martin, Bernardia McKinney. He still had guys on the defensive line who was able to help him. So I don't want to make it seem like that, but at the same time, with JJ Watt going down, yes, it was a little bit more pressure placed on his shoulders. But this was a guy playing for his contract extension. You need to go out there and perform, either if JJ Watt is on this field or not. So here's a question. Do we see, will we see Whitney Merciless'
0: usage number go down this year? With the influx of talent, what Anthony Weaver may be wanting to do, how Jacob Martin ended the year, will we see his usage rate go down?
1: I'm going to have to say no. If anything, I might have to say it's going to be up just a tad bit more. And you have to take a look at the circumstance that. The Texans are looking at. Of course, I'm talking about COVID-19 and them not having a training camp. That is the only reason why I'm 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 going to say that we're we're not going to see his usage go down. But at the same time, if he is giving you the same production that he gave you in the back half of 2019 versus the front half of the of, of last season, then I would have to say at some point during the regular season in 2020, his uses may go down at that point, but for starters, no. If anything, it's going to go up.
0: Guys, before we get out of here today, I want to bring up Randall Cobb. He's not nobody. He's not a player that's getting lost in the mix, lost in the sauce, when we say here in Houston. He's actually somebody who I think would be very vital to this offense with this receiving core. He had a very good year last year, almost 1,000 yards. was 100 and some yards away. Uh, about seven touchdowns. Had a very good year for Dallas and Dak Prescott. We definitely know he's going to be playing with a better quarterback. No shade to Dallas. But there's a reason why he, they haven't came to the size yet. But I think what we have to do is look at how vital he can be to this team. And one thing about Rainer Cobb, a, a guy who's played with the likes of Aaron Rodgers and a high-slinging quarterback last year with Dak Prescott. I gave his, his credit with credit is due. He succeeds in many different situations, and I think that's what, one thing these young receivers can learn from him. Some of these guys who are not necessarily young receivers anymore, but they don't have the time invested in the NFL like he does. And one thing he believes in this year is just winning. He's not caring about the stats. Play slot last year behind Mark Hoop and Michael Callup. Uh, this year he will be playing slot behind Brandon Cooks and uh, Will Fuller. You know, I'm not sure really. I, I, I'm confused on whether or not Cooks will be playing a lot of slot this year, more so than Cobb. But I think Cobb will still be more, like, not more effective, but very effective in a slot. And Cooks has this knack about getting open on anybody. Uh, but he's turning 30 this month. He's playing in his 10th season. Uh, he's focused, and he had to say that we do have guys that can make plays downfield, myself being one of them. give those Giving those opportunities, we have to make those plays. He also wanted to go on and say we have to understand the importance of picking up on third downs and putting points on the board in the red zone. It comes down to situational football, making sure we're on the top of our jobs in those scenarios. One thing he said, he highlighted, that I want to highlight, they have to win on third downs. Have to. And that's the area of this, of his game, of Cobb's game that I think he can bring to Houston and really succeed in and help this offense move, 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 move. I'm very optimistic about him as well. Not necessarily to see a big breakout year, but, you know, throughout a course of 16 games, you always have games, whether you are covering the Texans, Patriots, Saints, Cowboys, uh, Tampa Bay. You can always go back in those games that were won. There's always a play, unless you're just kicking ass, that says, wow, that play right there may have really won them the game because they were able to score points, things of that nature. And I, I would like to think to myself, going into the future, having this season, how many times when we look back at it and say, wow, if Randall Cobb didn't make that play, the Texans might have lost that game, and they might have lost that position for the playoffs. They might have not made the playoffs, and everything blows back up in Bill O'Brien's face in the Texans. You know what I mean? I think running costs bring that edge, and bringing that edge, also with the experience of playing with two very high uses quarterbacks and those high uses offenses, it only adds to what Deshaun Watson wants to do, and that's be the best he can be.
1: Yeah, and you know, you say all that, and what I'm more happy about is the Texans actually picked up a guy who's not concerned about his stats, numbers, or anything like that. All he cares about is winning. You know, he said it. He said, You know, I have missed the playoffs three consecutive years, and he said, I want to con- continuously always be in the mix of playing for a Super Bowl, and that was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason he came to the Texans, because he looked at a guy like Deshaun Watson and said, I want that guy. He looked at his ability to win. He said he won in high school. He won in college. (laughs) He also said, I'm pretty sure he's going to win in the pros. He said, I want to be in the mix of not not only does he give me the best opportunity to win, but I want to be one of the reasons why he has won. And in his press conference, he talked about winning a lot. So, and I believe that is what Bill O'Brien has, going back to what Bill O'Brien said a few days ago, he said, this is a veteran team. And when you become an older veteran, you don't care about the money. You don't care about a lot of the fancy stuff that comes with being a professional athlete. All you care about is winning a championship if you haven't won one, or winning more championship. if you have won one. So- Bill O'Brien talked about the veteran leadership on this team, especially given the times that we are in. And Randall Cobb is the perfect example of what Bill O'Brien has always been raving about.
0: And I think that's a player everybody should rave about because he will put you in situations that you can trust your quarterback to make the play. You can trust him to make the play, and those plays will get made. So the excitement behind Randall Cobb, and it does a lot of other things. It can help out Kenny Stills. It can help out Brandon Cooks. It can help out Will Fuller. It can help out Kiki QT whenever he gets a chance to get on the field, if he gets that opportunity. And the young buck, Isaiah Coleman There's a lot of things that people can learn from him on that receiving lineup that I think will give the Texans another edge that they can use to win our games. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Thank you guys for checking out the show today. Follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy with two eyes. also follow us at Locked On Texans, and like us on Facebook as well.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.